I am 69 years old. That's why Marie is my favorite in this whole church. There's only, she said, I don't look it. One of the things that I began to notice, even at an early age, is that I did not have a good memory. I think it got worse during my drug days. I might have fried what little brain cells I had, uh, but we have to pray for this front. Marie is fine on this side. It's everything to the left of Marie that we got to pray for. In fact, because of my poor memory, you have to pray for my wife and some staff members who I shall not name who tried to get over on me by coming up from time to time and say, remember you said we could do this or remember you said, well, I never said it. See, that's when I really have a good memory, when I know I didn't say something. <laughs> but because... I don't have such a great memory. I'm always having uh, reminders on my phone. I even have, on top of that, I have stickers all over my office at home, uh, just reminding me of certain things. And a uh, picture of my wife just reminding me with her name on there. <laughs> never happened, never happened. It's burned in my heart. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. It just, this is going to just set us up for where we're going to go. It says, dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders. Everybody say reminders with me. Reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. The apostle Peter recognize the purpose for God's word is to stimulate us by giving us these reminders that will help us to, to have this wholesome thinking. Uh, that word stimulate there uh, means, again, to, to encourage into action. So uh, God's word contains stimulating reminders. It, it contains uh, these divine thoughts that, that help us and trigger us to take action in one form or another. And notice there, it's wholesome thinking, which that word wholesome can be translated pure or right thinking. So God's word has these stimulating reminders that trigger pure or right thoughts that encourage us into action. And today, I want to look at a few of those stimulating reminders. And for that, we're going to go to the book of Judas, the next to last book in the New Testament. I'm going to read the first verse of Jude chapter 1. There's only one chapter, but Jude 1.1. 1, 1. 
It says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Father, I just come before you this morning ever grateful for your word, ever grateful for the spirit of the Lord which leads us and guides us, which opens up our understanding so that we can grasp what you want us to, to grasp here today. And that's what we pray for right now. Holy Spirit, help me as I communicate the thoughts you put in my heart. Help me to do that clearly, distinctly. Help us all, oh God. Give us the understanding we need, God. Not just a physical understanding, but God, us more importantly, a spiritual understanding today. Let your word accomplish everything that you purposed and planned this day in Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen. All right. So there's three stimulating reminders in this one verse that is our subject matter today. And the first stimulating reminder is you are called by God. This letter was written to everyone who has been called by God. Everyone who has embraced Jesus Christ as their Savior uh, has been called by God. Now, the word called there means that you have been appointed by God or that you have been chosen by God. So, uh, notice the, the writer there, Jude, is saying, to, I'm writing to everyone who has been called by God. When you believe and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, in truth, you have not chosen God, but you have responded to God choosing you. Every single one of us who are, have embraced Christ as a Savior. Let me see your hand if that's you. Say, Pastor, that's me. I've received Jesus as my Savior. If you've done that, then you are called by God, you are, are one that has responded to God choosing you. The book of 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2, listen to two verses, verse 13 and 14. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. Why? Because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you, there's our word, he called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, we need to be reminded, we need to remind ourselves that we have been called by God. It wasn't us that chose God, but rather it was God that chose us. That we are saved because God in his infinite wisdom and mercy and grace chose you to be his son. Chose you to be his daughter. You have been called by God. There was a divine purpose for which God chose you. Because it's important that we remind ourselves today that not only were we purposely chosen by God 
in salvation to become children of God, but we were also called for a purpose. In other words, God decided that I am going to save Danny, but not, I'm just not going to just save Danny, but I have a purpose for Danny's life. He is called not only to be saved, he's called for a purpose. Every single one of us has the call of God. People hear sometimes in Christianity, oh, the call of God is on my life to be a pastor. The call of God is on my life to be a missionary. Listen, the call of God is on every one of his children. We're all called by God to, 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 for a divine purpose, uh, that calling that says, uh, I've been chosen by God to be an usher in the house of God. See, what I'm trying to get at this morning to remind all of us, there is no such thing as an unimportant ministry. Every ministry is critical in the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's God's assignment for us. God chose you to be an usher. God chose you to, to work in the media. God chose you to be a deacon. God chose you to work in the nursery. God chose you to be on the, the worship team. You didn't choose that. You were responding to God's choice. You see, it's a divine plan that God has. That calling. We're talking about this Saturday coming up, the summit. It's important, and we realize, we got to be reminded, I'm not saved to sit and do nothing. There's a divine call upon my life, and I need to find out, what is that call? What has God called me to do for his kingdom? Everyone is called to serve in one capacity or another. There's also a call on our life to share the gospel. We are all part of God's divine plan. Not only is that divine plan mean that God chose us to come into his kingdom, to be his sons and his daughters, but we're also part of this divine plan. I can't imagine thinking about that when I look back at my own life. Why would God choose me to be part of his sons and his daughter, a man that was given over to drug addiction, to selling drugs, to doing all kinds of other things to support that? And, and then God did not only just save me, but then God said, I... I I have more than just that. See, Christianity is more than just being saved. It's God saying, I've got a plan for your life. There's a purpose for which I'm calling you into my kingdom. Don't make light of that purpose. Don't make light of that calling. And don't look down upon somebody else's calling. Because one calling is not more important than another. I'm not more important than the men who, women who usher. I'm not more important than the people who take care of our children. See, we all have a calling upon our life to serve. We have our calling to tell others about Christ. See, it's no small matter to be called by God, to be divinely chosen by him. And I pray this morning that the Spirit of the Lord stimulates you 
reminding you, don't let the devil put you down. Yeah, I know you failed. So have I. We've all failed miserably. But you've still been called by God. You've still been called into his kingdom. You're still called by God, a son, a daughter. You're still called by God to fulfill the purpose and the plan that he has for your life. You're still called by God to go and tell others about this incredible God that we serve. That's our first stimulating reminder. You are called by God. Come on, look at your neighbor, tell them that you are called by God. Here's our second stimulating reminder. You are loved by God. Notice the, the, the writer is saying to those, right, who are called by God, and then he goes on to talk about, whoop, I got, I'm on the wrong page. There I go. And to those who are loved in God the Father. Now, most of us would probably say, do I really need to be reminded about God's love? Yeah. I know that God loves me. Why do I need to be reminded? I think we all from time to time need to be reminded about God's love for us. Especially when we're in trouble. When hardship shows up at our door and enters our home uninvited, when difficulties come, in those moments we begin to question, in our humanity we begin to question, does God really love me? I mean, if God really loves me, why am I going through this? If God really loved me, why would he allow this situation to develop and to keep getting worse? Every one of us, from time to time, we have difficulty loving ourselves. It's no wonder that we question whether God loves us. So, we need to be stimulated this morning to be reminded of God's love. In Romans chapter 8, again, very familiar passages and very familiar verses here in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who what? Loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither uh, uh, the, the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And let me remind you, the Apostle Paul was writing this while he was in prison. While there was persecution going on in the church, 
He wanted the Christians to, to, to be reminded. And the word of God wants to remind us, to stimulate us today. And to, by letting us know, listen, never judge God's love by your physical circumstances. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with in life. It doesn't matter how difficult your circumstances may be. No matter how terrible they are, never forget that you are loved by God. And listen, the love that God has for you today is the same love he had for you when he hung on the cross for you. It has not changed. It's an everlasting love. It's a love that changes not. And when you fail him, when you stumble and fall, and you feel like Adam and you try to hide from God, his love has not changed. It is an everlasting love. It is a love that knows no bounds. As the Apostle Paul said, there's nothing that could ever separate us from the love that God has for us. Talking about stimulating reminders today. You are called by God is our first one. You are loved by God is our second one. And as we go back to Jude, you are kept by God. You are kept by God. That word kept, oh, I love it. It, it means to be guarded as in a fortress. You are kept by God in a fortress. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Again, the apostle Paul said, I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. God is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. In Jude, in the 24th verse, Jude says, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. So what is Jesus guarding? We are kept by God, but what is God keeping? What is he guarding uh, as if it was a fortress around us? It is not our physical life, because if God was guarding our physical life, then we would never have anything bad happen to it. No, there's something far more important that God is guarding, and that's our soul. You see, the apostle Paul realized he's able to keep what I've given to him for that day. That day, meaning the day that I, I go to be with him forever and all eternity. He's like, he's like, I've given this to God. God, take care of my soul. I don't want my soul to be in jeopardy. I don't want my soul to waver because life doesn't turn out the way I anticipated. I don't want my soul to start faltering and failing when it comes to my belief in you. So God, I'm giving you my soul. Would you guard it today? And the Bible says he's able to keep you and I 
from falling, to guard that which we entrusted to him. Here's one of the ways he does this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Come on, say that with me. And God is faithful. One more time. And God is faithful. How is he faithful? Listen, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So how does God keep me? How does God keep my soul? Every single one of us has to deal with temptation every single day of our life. Our adversary is looking to destroy our life, to destroy our walk with God, to destroy our soul. And how does he do that? Simply, temptation. You cannot stop temptation from coming your way. Temptation in and of itself is not sin. Let me say that one more time because some of us need to hear that. The temptation in and of itself is not sin. What we do with temptation will determine whether we sin or not. And so with temptation, God always provides a way out so that we don't have to give in to that temptation. But let me take even a step back. God never, ever allows you and I to be tempted beyond what we can handle. That means we are always, 100% of the time, without excuse. You can never tell God, I couldn't help myself. Because God will never, ever allow the devil to tempt you beyond your means to say no. That's number one. Number two, God always, 100% of the time, has a way for you to escape and not to give in to that temptation. Here's the problem. Too often, we don't want the way out. We'd rather take the pleasure in the moment than to take the way of escape. Thus, the sin is always on us and never on God. But I wanted to remind us all today that when we are facing those temptations, may the Spirit of the Lord quicken us and bring us to this verse that we remind us there's a way of escape. You don't have to give in. There's a way out, you see. No matter what, life throws at you. You are kept by God. We can be kept by God. We can be kept by God. We're talking about these stimulating reminders this morning, and that is that you are called by God, that you are loved by God, and that you are kept by God. Now, on a practical way, how does that stimulate us to wholesome thinking? How does it encourage us 
into action. In Jude, in the 20th verse, listen to what he writes there. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Three things. Listen. How if we are genuinely stimulated into wholesome thinking, this is the kind of thinking we have to be doing. Number one, we got to be building. We have to be building our faith. And how do we do that? Fulfilling the call. If I really understand, if my soul has been stimulated to the measure that I understand God has called me, he has divinely chosen me, not only to be his son, not only to be his daughter, but he has chosen me for a purpose, a divine purpose to fulfill the plan that he has. Therefore, if I understand that, if I have properly been stimulated, then I need to be busy. I need to build my faith. And how do you build your faith? You got to get busy doing what God's called you to do. You will never, you and I will never mature in our faith if we are not busy building by doing what God's called us to do. The reason why so many often are stagnated in their faith is that they're doing nothing for the kingdom. Idleness is what douses the fire of faith. That's why James says, faith without works is dead. It's useless. There's no life in it. And so if, we, if we're really stimulated by, by knowing that God has chosen us for a divine purpose, then we need to build our faith by fulfilling that call. Getting busy to doing what God's called us to do. Then Jude goes on and say, we got to be praying in the Holy Spirit. And what he's talking about is you want to be kept in God's love? You got to be praying. You got to be praying because every day that God gives us breath, we need fresh grace. Because Titus 2.12 says it's God's grace that teaches us to say no. We can't say no on our, own, on our own strength. Have you ever come to that point where you, you face that temptation and the more you try to muster up the strength to say no to that temptation, the closer you're getting to it? It's because in the natural, we don't have the strength to resist the temptation. But if we go to God every day and pray, God, you gave me a new day today. God, I pray for fresh grace today. The kind of grace that will teach me to say no to all manner of ungodliness. That's thirdly. Notice he talks about, we talk about building Praying, and he said, keeping yourself in God's love. 
How do you keep yourself in God's love? How do you do that? We know that he loves us. But Jesus said this in John 15, 10. Pastor Jason, if you would come. Jesus said, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. See, there's a connection here. I know God loves me. But if I want to stay in that love, I need to live a life of obedience to him. To follow the promptings that he gives me day in and day out. Because when I choose to walk in a path of disobedience, I revert back to questioning God's love for me. So if I want to remain in God's love, if I want to keep my heart in that love, I need daily to walk in obedience to the Lord. See, we're not talking about rocket science here, things that are complicated. No, the gospel is now not complicated at all. You and I have been called by God. We are loved by God. We are kept by God. He has created this phenomenal atmosphere for you and I where we can live a life that not only brings him honor and glory, but a life that we will feel good about. But our part, we've got to be stimulated to the point where we're like, we're into action. Excitement without action is nothing. A lot of times we get excited about something, but then we don't do anything about it. And so thus we accomplish nothing. I got excited about exercise. So I bought a bike to exercise. But if I don't get on it, what did I accomplish? I just got something standing in in my apartment on on my place reminding me of another failure. Reminding me of something else that I said I would do that I wound up not doing. How much of your past is like that bike? How many times have you said, I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah, 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 we're going to do it. And then it just drops. See, that's why Peter said, I know I've written to you before, but I'm writing to you again. Because, see, I know human nature. We tend to forget. That's why we need reminders. We tend to forget that we have been called by God. If that doesn't stimulate us, there's nothing else that ever will. The very fact that Almighty God would personally choose you and I not just to come into his kingdom, but then to say, I got a plan for your life. I want to use you to be an encouragement to others. I want to use you to talk to others about me. There is nothing that we can't do when we say, here's my life, God, back. When we build our faith by saying, God, I want to offer myself to fulfill your plan. Listen, the day that I said that so many years ago, 
it was not on my radar to be a pastor. And I'm not saying that God's going to make people here a pastor or, or missionary or any of that. That's not my point. My point is that the day that I surrendered my heart to God, all I desire was I want to do something for your kingdom, God. You've done so much for me. Now I want to give back to you. I want to say, here's my life. Do it as you please. I never imagined what God would do and what God has done and continues to do. And I'm saying that because we're good at boxing God in. We're good at, at saying, God can't use me to do this. God can't use me to do that. Because we look at ourselves and we see all our insufficiencies. We see all of our faults. We see all our inadequacies. We don't see talent. We don't see abilities. And, and we look at that through that lens of humanity and we judge what God can do through our eyes rather than yielding to Him and say, God, let your will be done in my life. Let your purpose be fulfilled. I want to respond to the call that you have in my life, God, whatever it might be. If it's to usher, God, I want to be the best usher available. I want to be encouragement to somebody as they come into God's house today. If it's to work with children, whatever it is, if it's to work in the media booth, whatever it might be, I want to give myself wholly to that thing, God. I want to keep myself in prayer, God, because I need all the grace I need to be able to fight temptation. And I need that same grace to walk in obedience to you. I pray today that God's word would stimulate all of us to this kind of wholesome thinking. Stand with me.